Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. I was looking for my timer. I was like, man, I'm about to buy another one. Well, round two. So hopefully, amen. Uh, you didn't make me a liar, and you guys still like me after this morning. Uh, and so hopefully we are on a good page here. And so um, we're going to look in our Bibles, amen, tonight. We're going to jump right into it in Matthew chapter 14. Uh, Matthew chapter 14 this evening. And I want to make a statement to you. It's not really an intro tonight, uh, but I want to make a statement to you. You must live and walk in the supernatural if you're going to be a believer. Listen to me carefully. Uh, You are going to have to live in the supernatural if you are going to be a believer. What that means tonight is that we have a physical world that we see and then we have a supernatural world that is not necessarily seen. That we cannot see uh, what demons are doing in a sense, uh, we they manifest themselves. But how many know you don't see a demon running right over here and messing somebody up and then running over there messing somebody up? You don't see that. And so, but we are called as believers to walk supernaturally. And what that means is we don't solely go by what we see. The Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. So faith, amen, is supernatural when you really think about it. And so when I talk about walking in the supernatural, it means walking in faith in Christ. It means walking in belief, amen, that that mountain will move when you say move. That when you have an issue, when you have a problem, when you have things going on, walking supernaturally does not look at the problem and say, you know what, this is what it's always going to be. Walking supernaturally says, you know what, I see what it is, but I know what it can be because of the God I serve. Is anybody with me here? That this is what we are called to do. We are called as believers. If you say I'm a believer, you are called to walk in this manner. And I want to talk about this out of a familiar text, amen, Uh, out of Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to read verses 28 through 34. The Bible tells us this, starting in verse 28. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down on, uh, come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. I want you to remember verse 32. When they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. Verse 33. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, 
You are the son of God. Our last verse, 34. When they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gethsemane. Amen. Walk in supernaturally tonight. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the gathering here tonight. Father, I pray, Lord God, against every strategy of hell right now, every demonic distraction, God, that would try, oh, Lord God, to starve us of what your word says. I pray, open the hearts of your people. God, I veil myself behind you, God. Let them hear your words, not mine. I thank you. And in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, all God's people said, amen and amen. Walking, amen, supernaturally. I'm going to open this in the natural. Now we can talk about the supernatural. Praise God. Let's talk first about leaving the boat. We find the followers of Jesus, amen, in a boat trying to get to the other side. We know the story, amen. If you uh, read, read this story, you know that at this time, when they got into the boat, Jesus was praying on a mountaintop. They know where they are to go, amen, the place of Gethsemane. They have a mission, and they're on their way. But Jesus is going to show them that in that mission, in doing the will of God, in following Christ, there has to be one aspect that always has to be there. And it's a confidence in the supernatural, a confidence in the things of God, a confidence in the invisible. It means you must leave your boat sometimes to see or have or begin to uh, create this confidence. It means to leave your boat. Now, listen to me. Your boat can represent your fears. It can represent, amen, your ideas. It can represent your comforts, your wants, and even your desires. And I'm not saying tonight that uh, these wants and desires and different things aren't, aren't, aren't inherently bad within themselves. But what it can cause, it can cause us to create a border where we feel comfortable. How many know we love comfortability? I was just talking to one of the guys in our church. He recently got married, and we're at, we're at his house, me and my wife, and, and we began to talk about how when you get married, you don't care anymore, and so how you dress. And so I said, man, you wouldn't believe how many pairs of sweatpants I have. Uh, I think I have more sweatpants than I do jeans. I mean, it's, un, it's unreal, amen. Get a pair of sweatpants, uh, that comfortable shirt with the hole in the back, and I'm going to Walmart because we love comfortability. We love being comfortable, amen. I remember, amen, always wanting to get flip-flops, not the kind that go in between your toes because I got ugly toes. I like the ones that go over your toes. Cover that up. <laughs> but I like to be comfortable. You understand what I'm saying? But how many of that's all of us? Uh, there's a level of comfort that we want to achieve, but a lot of times that level of comfort that we want to achieve, we are not able to in Christ because Christ does not call us to be comfortable. He calls us to walk out of our comfort zones. And a lot of times, I've seen this even in our own in my own church, amen, and I'm sure you've even seen it here, or even this was you, is that, you know, you weren't necessarily the social butterfly. Uh, you weren't necessarily the person, that, hey, how you doing? You were the person to sit in the back and just, look, I'm here. Right? But all of a sudden, now everybody's coming up to you. All of a sudden, now you're being pushed out of comfort. They're asking you questions. How old are you? Where are you from? You're like... I remember when I first came into the Newport News Church, like, where are you from? I'm like, what you want to know that for? What does that have to do with the service? That has nothing to do with the service. What, what you, you know, you're paranoid. Like, what you want? What you want from me? But it was because, amen, I was in a comfort zone. And a lot of times, amen, our boat serves our comforts. See, the boat represents the natural man. Listen to me. The boat in our text was doing what it was supposed to do. The boat is supposed to float and hold. 
That's it. Float and hold. And the boat was doing that. And a lot of times, this is where we find solace in our own lives, is that, you know what? My boat serves as stability. I work. I go home. No risk. No issue. I just want a normal life. But Peter shows us, amen, that, you know what? Christ is not calling us to normalcy. He is not calling us, amen, to just leave a normal life in the sense of what the world says is normal. Go to work, pay bills, go out to eat sometimes, and go back home and go to sleep and didn't do it all over again. We are called to leave the boat. We're called to risk. Can you say amen? In other words, church, as Christians, we're called to live supernaturally. We're called to pray for things that seem impossible. We're called to look at cancer and say, God can heal it. Amen. Not look at cancer and say, it's a death wish. No, no, no. This is a chance for God to get glory. We are supernatural beings. See, Peter shows us, amen, in verse 28. And Peter answered and said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out there on the water. Now, I want you to think about this. Peter has never walked on water before. You know, this isn't a normalcy for Peter. Amen. And so the waves are going, the winds are going, and Peter's like, you know what, let me walk out there. In other words, he's saying, you know what, Lord, I see where you are, that's where I want to be. Let me step out of this boat to get where you are. See, Jesus was on the water. See, are you able to spot the Lord outside of your boat? In other words, amen, it is when God, amen, is pressing you towards another realm, another level, if you will. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. You realize that your testimony is one that is, is, is it's, 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 it's crazy in the sense that where you came from and what you are now, right? And you look at that and go, my gosh, I can help so many people if I was just able to let them know about what has happened to me and how Christ has changed me, Right? And then all of a sudden, all these crazy people start coming up to you. And they're like, man, my life is jacked up. And you're like, wow, your life is jacked up. I was just like, you know, my life was just like, I was just doing that same thing. And we never connect the dot. You know what? I need to step out of my boat and start telling people this is where Jesus is moving at. This is where Jesus is, that people are coming up to me and telling me things. And now I realize that, you know, if I step out of my comfort zone and begin to say something, if I begin to talk, maybe I'll be able to help them. Do you understand what I'm saying? That there are times in me when God is saying, it's time to get out the boat. See, a lot of times we see this with outreach. Is that, you know what, we like, well, I don't know what to say. Well, I don't have all the right words. Exactly. That's great. That's perfect. That's why you got to depend on the Holy Ghost. That's why you got to depend on God to give you those words. But I'm telling you, sometimes God calls you to step out of the boat to get out of the normal regulars of life. In other words, can you recognize when God is saying, you know what? It is time for you to step in faith in this area. It's time for you to believe God in this area now. I can never get a job like that. We heard the report. Three what? Three people? All at the same time? That's stepping out the boat. <laughs> all three of them. Like, you know how we are. We're like crabs in a bucket. Like, no, no, I'm going to get this job. Let me get it first, and then I'll tell you about it. All things are not. We all up in here. We, gonna, we all want it. Okay, here you go. 
stepping out the boat, man. And, and so this is what I'm talking about is that can you see where God is saying, you know, it's time to step out that boat. You're getting too comfortable. You're, get, you're, you're getting too, too rigid. Jesus wasn't in the boat. He was outside. And Peter said, I want to be where Jesus is, where he's moving. But let me show you what got him to come out the boat. Okay. Number one, Peter said this. Lord, if it is you, command me to come out. Walking in the supernatural doesn't mean that you can't ask questions. Now, what I mean by that is that when God, amen, begins to challenge your heart, how many of we begin to ask questions? Well, God, why me? Well, how am I going to do that? Well, God, how, you know, what me? I don't have the finances. I don't have the know-how. I don't have the intellect. I don't have the ability. How, how am I going to do that? You know, how, how, how? And we begin to ask these questions, but there's a difference between asking questions, amen, to get confirmation and asking questions so we can get out of it. You follow what I'm saying? That we can ask God questions in order to get confirmation of what we should be doing. We see this in Judges chapter 6, verse 36. We know the story. It's Gideon. God tells Gideon, I want you to save my people. I want you to be a deliverer. And Gideon goes, how can I be a deliverer? I'm the smallest of all my tribe. And so what does he do? He says, God, in verse 37, I'm going to put a fleece down. And God, if you make the dew come on that fleece, I'll know it's you. It's confirmation. And God honored that. And I believe that God honors our heart that is trying to ask, amen, with the, with the right intention. That God, I'm not saying that I don't want to do it. I just want to make sure you're telling me to do it. See, there's nothing wrong, amen, with asking questions. God, uh, Peter says, God, if it's you, command me to come out there. I want to make sure that I'm in the right vein. I want to make sure that I'm in the right will of God. I want to make sure that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. God, if you're calling me to do a Bible study, God, let me know that confirm it in my heart. God, if you want me to marry this person, listen to me. If you're single in here, you better get confirmation. <laughs> okay? Make sure. Because marriage is supposed to be forever. You don't want to be annoyed forever. Can you say, somebody say amen. Amen. And all the annoyed marriages say, no, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Your pastor's not here. Don't do it. Don't do it. But you understand what I'm saying? Is that, you know what, I need to confirm this. God, help me to see it. Make it clear for me, please. Because right now, I don't know. There's not much clarity here. There's nothing wrong with doing it. He says, Lord, if it's you, because you got to remember, in that storm, they thought he was a ghost. Because the wind and the waves and the water and they're like, they can't tell who it is. They think it's a ghost. In this time, they had this, uh, 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 this old folklore about this, this ghost that would go on the waters and destroy ships. And so as fishermen, they know this story very well. And so you got to think, when they saw Jesus, they're like, oh, no, it's true. And Peter goes, Lord, if it's you, if it's that ghost, I ain't coming out here. <laughs> but if it's you, I'll walk on the water. God, if it's you, I'll take the risk. God, if this is you dealing with me, then I'll go and do that very thing you're dealing with me about. I'll go speak to that person. I'll go fast. I'll, pr I'll do whatever it takes. God, just give me some confirmation. There's nothing wrong with asking for confirmation. Because how many know if we try to do things in our own right, it don't turn out right? See, Peter, let me make a statement to you. Peter realized that my footing 
and intellect cannot find footing on this water. That no matter how smart I am and no matter how much I know, it does not matter when I step foot on this water. But if God is calling me to it, then I know that there's a plan for me to be able to walk on this water. That's why he wanted confirmation. Number two, we see in Peter when to move. Look at the conversation between the Lord and Peter. Lord, if you bid me to come, Jesus says, come. Realize that once the word come came out of Jesus' mouth, Peter was quick to move. What I've seen over time is that people, amen, they want to step out in faith. They want to believe God for the miraculous. They want to believe God for the unknown. They believe, you say, no, I want to step out in faith. I know it's dangerous, but I want to step out in giving. I want to step out in various areas of life. And, but the problem is sometimes, amen, we step out too soon. And God has not said, come on. <laughs> but the flip side to that is that sometimes we step out too late. When God says, let's go, you're like, well, I don't know just yet. Well, you know, I, well, let me get this together. I would love to do that, but you know what? Let me figure this part out first. And God's like, what you mean figure it out? That's the whole thing. Start walking on. How do you figure out how to walk on water? You ever thought about that? What if Peter had to start arguing? Well, we can come. You want me to come out here? Well, let me figure this out. Let me see how I can do this. Well, that's the problem. This is not about you trying to figure it out. This is about you walking in the supernatural. This is about you walk. See, this is a picture of walking in faith. And sometimes we wait too late to do it. See, listen to me, church. No matter what to, uh, uh, a stream of life you're in, whether you're an old saint, whether you're a new convert, whether you're in between, amen, whether you've known the Lord for a long time, whether you've known the Lord for, known the Lord for a short time, there's always windows and seasons to everything. And we have to realize that there are some windows that shut and some doors that shut, that they're time sensitive. The problem is we don't know which ones are and which ones aren't. We don't know which is going to close early, which is going to close late. We don't know. And so when God deals with you, say, hey, this is the time now. This is the time for you to get involved. This is the time for you to get in ministry. This is the time for you to be a blessing now. This is the time for you to give. This is the time for you to do whatever the case may be. We have to start walking in that. Because there may be only slip, slim opportunities, amen, to accomplish it. You know, it's like your pastor. You guys here. You know, you, you sent an impact team to Nigeria. Now, he could have easily said, you know what, let's just wait till next year. But how many know, we don't know how many people are going to die in Nigeria from now until next year. Can you say amen? And we don't know out of that number how many of them are actually going to hear the gospel and have an opportunity, amen, to get saved and get right with God before they die. We don't know that number. So guess what? We take the opportunities now. In other words, we walk in the supernatural. I don't have enough money. You'll never have, listen to me, church. Let me, see, let, me, let me tell you something. You'll never have enough money. Okay? So just get that thinking right now. I'll never have enough. I'll never be able to go. You're right. That's why it has to be Supernatural. That's why you got to believe God, amen. That's why you say, you know what, God, I'm going to step out in faith and go on these trips and do these things. I'm going to believe you, God, that you're going to take care of me. Because we don't want to miss the opportunity. You know, I had a guy in my church, he was in the military. He said, Pastor, I can't wait to get out. I can't wait to get out. 
Can't wait to get up. I'm going to be a free man. Can't wait to get up. And, you know, I'm like, I get you, man. You know, you've been in the military this long, and you've been, you're ready to go. And I said, but I want you to think about something. What if God had you there for that moment of time to be a testament to his grace? What if this was the window for those people on that ship to get saved, for those uh, higher-ups to be born again? What if this was the window? See, if we are not careful, amen, we begin to skip out when God says it's time to move, and we think we have next year or we have tomorrow. See, when Jesus says, come on, you better start walking. When Jesus says it's time to get involved, you better start getting, listen to me, think about the disciples. This always trips me up. When Jesus called the disciples, he literally went up to them and was like, hey, let's go. Just kept going. Matthew, the tax collector, he did Matthew just doing his job at the desk. He's like, hey, follow me. Matthew was like, you're right. I'm going to shoot. I ain't got to work no more. <laughs> what is that? What that is are men and, and women, amen, who saw the opportunity and say, you know what? I'm going to walk in the supernatural. I'm going to walk by faith. Think about it. They left anything. These weren't bums, okay? I know, you know, these weren't bums. These weren't people who didn't have no jobs. You know, these are accomplished businessmen, especially Matthew, the tax collector. That was a very lucrative job back in those days. It was like working for the IRS. And so it was very lucrative, amen. He wasn't just broke like, I ain't got nothing else to do. Well, no, nah, I got plenty of stuff to do. But because, amen, that season, that window opened up, and he saw, you know, this is the opportunity to walk in faith. This is the opportunity to follow Christ. This is the opportunity to be used by God. I'm going. Is that you tonight? That when that opportunity, when God says, let's go, it's time to come on. When you hear those challenges coming over the pulpit, Hey, we need a band. Listen to me. That could be God saying, hey, it's time to come on. Can you say amen? Well, let's look, secondly, at momentary failure. Matthew 14, 30. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. We are called to walk in the supernatural, as I've already stated. But in walking in that realm, it doesn't mean that we are free from trouble. And you have to get this tonight. Because a lot of times we make the mistake in thinking, well, I'm going to walk in faith and nothing is going to happen. Well, that's not true. That we have to realize that in walking in faith, amen, Things may happen, amen. Things may go wrong, amen. We may have issues. In our text, Peter is walking on the water, amen. And here we see, take note that the winds are still there. How many know that when he started walking on that water, the wind didn't stop? The storm was not over. Is that as he is walking, amen, as he is going towards Christ, the winds and the waves are there. The waves coming up and the wind coming down, it's all there. But he's walking in the supernatural. He has his eye on Jesus Christ. And so because of that, he's able to get through it. But I want you to understand that in walking in the supernatural doesn't mean that all your troubles will be cleared away. 
Because you walk by faith, it means, amen, that you go to something higher in Jesus Christ, knowing that, God, you'll bring it to pass. God, you'll make it work. God, you'll open doors. But that don't mean that I won't have issues along the way. See, walking in the supernatural doesn't incinerate issues. So what does the Bible tell us? Peter begins to sink. Think with me for a moment here. What happens when you sink in water? Your clothes get wet. Is that true? If you've ever jumped into a pool, how many know you get wet? I had somebody debate me that when you're in a pool, you're not wet. I know. It was, he was 13. I was like, you know what? This is why I need to homeschool. This is why I need to. <laughs> You're not waiting until you get out the pool. I was like, you know what? Okay, man. But your clothes get wet. So I want you to think, when Peter sunk, his clothes got wet. He had no change of clothes because he didn't expect to walk on water. He gets back into the boat. And I want you to think with me here. These wet clothes are a signal, amen, for his failure. Right? Because he looked away, he looked at the storm, he began to sink, and Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith, amen, why did you doubt? It was signaling his failure. So when he dropped into that water, he gets back up, he's sopping wet, he's dripping wet, and is just calling out, I failed. See, listen to me carefully. Sometimes, you will have to wear wet clothes in walking in the supernatural. People may remind you of your wet clothes. In other words, what I'm saying is that in walking in the supernatural is not a deterrent for failure. In walking in faith doesn't mean that everything will go correct or doesn't mean that you won't get touched a time or two. But it means that you are, you may sink, amen. Something may happen, and you may have those wet clothes. And it was just a reminder to the Peter that, man, I was doing it. To, and then I looked away, and boom, I was sinking. Stay with me. He gets back into the boat. It speaks of his failure. How many know wet clothes become heavy? Now we have the burden there now. That, look, I walked in faith. And look what happened. I stepped out of the boat. I got out of my comfort zone. And look what happened. You ever felt like that? I mean, when God deals with you to give, I've seen this in giving all the time, man. even in my own life. God dealt with me. I'm, give this amount. I'm like, who does? <sighs> Lord, dominion keeps calling. I, don't know if I can get this. <laughs> dominion wants my dominion. So, but I gave it. I'm like, giving. I'm stepping out of my boat. I'm not going to be all comfortable. You know what? Here, Lord. Oh, there it is. Walk out all excited. That's right. I gave. Yeah. Stepping on water. Walking on water. All of a sudden, car breakdown. You're like, hey, wait a minute. This ain't water. This is dirt. What, what is going on here? Car breakdown. Oh, oh, this bill. Now, who are you? We're from seven years ago. Seven years ago. I don't even remember taking a credit. I don't have a credit card. Well, has your name on it, sir? You owe us this money. Oh, wait a minute. I just walked on water. You understand what I'm saying? 
And how many know we can feel like, I'm never doing that again? Those wet clothes can begin to scar us because we feel the burden of stepping out. It is when your first outreach or the first time you witness, you're like, I'm going to say it. And you've been practicing your lines in the car. And you've been watching this person. And you've been stalking them. You're like, okay, I got you. When you stop moving, oh, I got you. And they get right there and they're at the aisle. And you're like, all right, here's my chance. You jump out. <laughs> hey, I want to tell you about Jesus Christ. Oh, get out my face. Okay. <laughs> Run back to the car. And what do we say? I'm never doing that again. It is when you need a healing and you're believing God, you say, you know what? I'm stepping out in faith. And the pastor calls up or the evangelist says, hey, we're praying for healing tonight. We're going to believe God. He's like, I don't know. I don't want to go up there. It's going to be embarrassing if I don't get healed. Because it just, and he's like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. And you go up there and you say, God, I need healing. And he prays in the name of Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, you're like, it hurts worse. I'm never doing that again. This is what happens when we wear wet clothes. It causes us to have the mindset, I'm never walking in the supernatural again. I'm going to play it safe. I'm never stepping out in faith. You know what? If I can't see it, I ain't doing it. How many know that's real? That there's many a good people, amen, Christian people who love God that stepped out and feel like they got scarred, feel like they sank, feel like they had a momentary failure and say, you know what? I was fine until I stepped down in faith. I was fine. I was doing okay until I got challenged. And then I try to take on the challenge and look what has happened. Look what I'm dealing with. I can remember years back. In my mother church, we had a guy, his wife, decided that she wasn't coming to church anymore. And he's talking to us guys, and we're like, bro, you got, man, listen, you're going to have to make a stand, man. You need to come to church. I know you can't force her, but you know what? She can't rule you like that, man. You're going to have to stand before Christ by yourself one day. I mean, that sounds doctrine, don't you think? I mean, that sounds right. You know, hey, it's your relationship with God, man. We're not saying desert your wife, but listen, she can't, she can't control you that, you know, no, 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 no. You know, she may control what, where you shop at, but my Lord, <laughs> but we're going into other realms here. Good doctrine. He does it. He begins to, I mean, she starts going off, breaking stuff in the house when he comes back home, changing the locks. I mean, go, I mean, just, and so, you know. You know, I have to admit that I kind of felt bad. Like, man, maybe I shouldn't have told him that. Yeah, I mean, I ain't going through it. But, man, he come to church. Hey, what's up, man? Like, I look terrible, man. I shouldn't have said, I ain't going. You know what? I ain't talking to nobody ever again. I am not giving no advice. Because the last time I told somebody this way, I'm never stepping out like that again. See, momentary failure can actually kill your faith if you let it. Wet clothes can actually kill your faith if you let it. Well, Proverbs 24, 16 says this, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. What this tells us is that even the righteous have momentary failures. The grace of God causes us to get back up. Can you say amen? See, what do you do when your clothes get wet? 
Are you still willing to walk out on the water? Do you still answer the call of Jesus when he says come? Can I inject something here for free before I move on? Lastly, wet clothes at times can be good for you and I. Let me tell you why. Because we get big-headed. Don't we? We start seeing a whole bunch of miracles. We're like, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, he listens to me. Like, I've been praying for this long. I know. I prayed 30 minutes. I got everything I needed. Yes, the Holy Ghost is with me. I don't know what to tell you. You know, maybe you should get in my prayer closet. Right, we start getting, you know, uh, you know ain't nothing, you know, walking on water. ain't nothing. And we get this pride about us. And there are times when the wet clothes bring us back to reality. Go, oh, no, 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 no. This has nothing to do with you and everything to do with Christ. It is God who is blessing. It is God who is moving. You know how we are. Yeah, I got that job. Yeah, you know, get in there, ace the interview, just gave them my credentials. They couldn't help but hire me because, you know, they ain't never seen nobody like me. And God is like, oh, yeah? Well, well, well. <laughs> well, let's put these wet clothes on you and make you remember. So at times, I'm not saying all the time, but at times wet clothes can be good for us because it humbles us and brings us back to where we know we should be. Can you say amen? Because how many know Peter was already prideful? And can you imagine him walking on water and coming back? Can you imagine that? He like, I, I told you I'm imaginative. I'm sorry, but you got to picture this. He gets out the boat. He's like. Huh? You want to come out? You okay? I know you don't want to come out. That's all right. Punk. Right? He's already like that. So you already know he's going to come back to when he comes back. Like, bro, man, that water feels so cool, man, under my feet. Oh, man, I can see the fish, man. It was wonderful, man. This shark just went whoo, right around me, bro. It was crazy. So when he saw, he was like, help, Lord, help me, please. Right? And it changed everything. Like, uh-huh. That was for free. I just, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to, when you read the Bible, you got to, because this is Peter's life. But see, when the wet clothes hit him, he realized, oh, wait a minute, this has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with the power of God. It has everything to do with my vision. I mean, my vision in Christ. Amen. It has everything to do with his power. Amen. And him honoring my faith. It has nothing to do with me. I didn't, well, I did not create myself to be able to walk on water. He gave me, the, he granted me the mercy to walk on that water. See, when you have wet clothes, amen, and they are drenched, there are two decisions that you can make. But Peter gives us the decision to make. Because either you can say, I'm never going to believe God again. I'm never going to step out like that again. I'm never going to put myself out there like that again. Remember, I did a concert. And I kid you not, I know that the Holy Ghost walked out. He had to because I heard the door shut. I'm telling you, I'm up there rapping, and it is terrible, man. I'm just, I'm, it's it's terrible. You know how you know it's bad when you do it. Hey, man, start it over. Three times? Terrible. I know I heard. I said, the Holy Ghost just walked out on me. He's like, no, I can't do this. You ain't going to do this to me. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. And you know how we are. Oh, good job, man. You know, hey, you, you know, we try not to lie. You know, we're like, hey, 
you know, that beat was good, man. You just, you know, it was it was God-centered, though, right? We, we don't want to lie, right? We're trying to tell the truthful parts. And so I got down off that stage. I'm like, never again. If you think I'm getting up there and doing that, you are crazy. You can make that decision. Or you can do what Peter did when he was sinking. As I close, he said, Lord, save me. Now, I'm going somewhere here, so just follow me for a minute. Peter decided to call out when he was sinking, Lord, save me. The Bible tells us, though, that they walked back together. What he chose is what we all should choose, to walk with the Lord. Yes, he got rebuked from Jesus. I understand that. But he was able to walk back. He didn't say, Lord, carry me back. He didn't jump into the Lord's arms and go, I'm not walking on water ever again. But what he said is, you, I know my clothes are drenched. I'm wet. I'm soaking wet. But you know what? Lord, as you're close to me, I'm going to continue. I'm coming back. I'm going back to the boat. I'm going to go back with you. In other words, I'm not going to distance myself. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to walk with the Lord. He grows closer because of this failure. Because now the Bible says after the failure, he cries out to God and God brings him back up. And now he's closer than what he was. See, if you can see this tonight, it can set you free. That walking in the supernatural will come with problems, but it comes with even bigger promises. Walking in the supernatural comes with promises. Big promises. And those big promises can come with bigger problems. Let me show you what I'm talking about. When Israel was about to walk into the promised land, how many know there were giants to face? You remember that? But the protection of God was there, the land for them. But how many know they had to go through some stuff? They had to go through a Red Sea moment. They had to go through with the armies of Egypt trying to chase them. Amen. They had to be put in a rock in a hard place, if you will. And then when they got to the land, they still had to deal with issues. And they still had to deal with things. How many know the bigger the promise, amen, the bigger the problem? But the promise overrides the problem. That is the beauty of it. When looking at the, uh, uh, the Jewish nation, amen, you remember something called the Holocaust? But I want you to think about something. God had prophesied that Israel would become a nation one day, that they would be gathered back together, that they would be back into their homeland one day. We know that happened in 1948. But how many know before 1948 came, they had to go through a Holocaust? Because the bigger the promise, the bigger the problem. So don't stop walking in the supernatural because you see the problems. Remember that the promise outweighs the problem. The promise outweighs the problem. What God has said to me outweighs what I may have to go through. Can you say amen? In order to be set free, I'm going to have to go through giants. I'm going to have to go through things. I'm going to have to disregard things. But you know what? The promise of freedom is bigger than the promise of the problem. So don't stop walking in the supernatural. You have to say, Lord, save me from this thinking. In other words, Lord, save me from quitting. Lord, save me from thinking, amen, that you are not faithful. 
This is what Peter, he said, Lord, save me, amen, from having a spirit that will not believe. Lord, save me, amen, from having myself beginning to doubt you in every way. Lord, save me, amen, from playing it safe. See, when you have these momentary failures, you're going to have to cry out to God and say, God, save me from the spirit that is trying to infiltrate. Save me from the fear that is trying to repenetrate my heart. Because when I stepped out the first time, I was fearful, but I stepped out and I was still scared. And man, something happened. And now fear is trying to reinsert itself back into my life. You're going to have to say, Lord, save me from that. I don't want to think like that. I don't want to be like that. I want to be able to raise my hand and say, God, you can. No matter what the situation is, no matter what's happening, I want to be able to say with all confidence that, God, you can move. So, Lord, save me from anything that says you can't. You with me? The natural walk is easy. It doesn't take risk. It doesn't take any discipline. It doesn't take any fighting. But the supernatural walk, oh, it takes it takes some power. Can you say amen from on high? But man, if you are able to walk it, boy, you begin to see miracles. Miracles. Listen, my daughter, my, my little tank. Sorry. Shouldn't have said that in front of you. My baby girl, man. I don't, you got a daughter, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like this thing. You're just like, oh. I mean, my boys would do stuff. I'm like, I will kill all of you. <laughs> She'd do the same thing. I'm like, oh, you didn't know what you were doing. Come on. Let's go put my tire back on. You didn't know what you were doing. Right? We just make excuses for everything. You didn't know you were breaking daddy's leg. It's okay. It'll heal. You know, we just, anyway, <laughs> that's how we are. So, but my daughter, she had a neck problem. And we didn't notice it until we took this picture. And my, and you can laugh, but my daughter, she's, <laughs> she's looking like this. So you know how people are. They, so I thought, oh, look at her. She's already, right, overthinking it. Oh, yo, she already know how to pose. Look, she just. I know something's wrong with her, <laughs> right? So we see the picture. We're like, man, that don't look normal. And all of a sudden, you know, she walk around the house. <laughs> we're like, because she do this thing where she's like, hey, yeah. And, but it would, hey, and it would stay there. And we're looking. We're going, okay, something ain't right. So we take her to the doctor. The doctor tells us that something's wrong with a muscle in her neck. And she's going to need therapy. My youngest son didn't walk until he was 12 months. And they told me he needed therapy, right? And I was like, what are they going to do? Walk with him? I mean, what are you going to do? So I said, no, girl, we ain't taking no therapy. We won't pray for him. We prayed for him, believed God for him. Within a week, he was walking. No crawling, walk, boom, right? So we're looking at my daughter. I'm like, you know, it comes back, therapy. That's what they said about the other one. Oh, no, we're going to believe God. Watch this. Watch what I tell you. And we start laying hands on her every single day, every single day. Before we, before we took her back to the doctor, nope, we're just going to lay, God, we pray right now for my daughter. God, pray for her neck. And all of a sudden, I kid you not, I kid you not, I kid you not. I'm not even exaggerating. Literally, she, and then the next day, 
Then the next day. Then the next day. And now, to this day, she's fine. Now, what I'm trying to get you to understand, amen, is that you know what? There are times when I've prayed for things and they didn't happen. There were times where I prayed for my children who were sick and they still got sick and they still stay sick until it passed through. That can't stop me from continuously praying when I see something wrong with my children. Can you say amen? So this is what I'm trying to get you to understand is that walking in the supernatural, if you say, you know what, I prayed before and it didn't work. Well, that don't mean if you pray again, it won't work again. You have to continue to walk in the supernatural. It doesn't stop because you had a momentary failure. It doesn't stop because you got a little wet. You got to say, Lord, save me from that thinking, amen, and let me think supernaturally and continue to pray and continue to believe and continue to walk forward no matter what. Peter said, Lord, save me from that. I never want to be a person who says that they're spiritual, yet unable to walk in that. I never want to be the Christian who says, yeah, you should believe God, and knowing in the back of my mind that I kind of believe. You understand what I'm saying? That, hey, yeah, you know what, when I say, hey, we're going to pray for this, and I'm the one going, well, the last time we prayed it didn't work. Lord, save me from that. I don't want to be in that. Realize that Peter didn't want to sink. He didn't want to die. He didn't want to drown. Peter said, I could deal with the wet clothes, but I ain't drowning in this. See, but like I said, sometimes the bigger the promise, the bigger the problem. Let me leave you with two, two things here, or one thing. Remember in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, the Bible tells us that Jesus said to his disciples, Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you endued or endued with power from on high. Now, here we know this is the promise of the Holy Ghost, right? We, we're, we're Bible students here. We know that, right? This is the promise of the Holy Ghost that God is saying, hey, stay in Jerusalem. And when you stay there, I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's a big promise. If you understand what the Holy Ghost do, that's a big promise. That's from power from on high directly from heaven. Can you say amen? amen? That's dunamis power, supernatural power. And God said, you're going to have it as long as you stay in Jerusalem. Now, we know in Acts chapter 2 that they get filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, let me give you some background about Acts chapter 2. You must realize that they were praying in the upper room, not because it was necessarily a prayer meeting that they planned. They were scared to death because they were being crucified. They were being persecuted. Amen. People were after them, so they ran to the upper room to pray and hope, say, God, okay, hey, it's only 120 of us. You better help us out before there's only 20 of us. They were scared, scared to death. And so you realize that, man, the bigger the promise, the bigger the problem. The promise of the Holy Ghost was there, but yet the persecutions were right behind it. But yet, when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, the promise outweighs the problem. Because they get filled with the Holy Ghost, and now they're not hiding anymore. They say, forget an upper room. we got to go to the marketplaces. And Peter gets up and starts preaching the second greatest sermon outside of Jesus Christ that was ever preached. And all of a sudden, 3,000 plus getting saved, people getting healed. And the book of Acts, the church is now born. 
because the promise outweighed the problem. Because even though they were going through it, they still decided to walk supernaturally. We're still going to pray. We're still going to believe. We're still going to walk in faith. We are not going to cower down, but we're going to stand tall. And when they got the Holy Ghost, they said, oh, that makes it much easier now. Now we can definitely go out. And this is what we're going to do and preach the things of God. That's what God wants to see from your life. That's what it means to walk supernaturally. That in the face of adversity, you have optimism that God is going to do a great thing. That when everything says, bow down, you are as the three Hebrew boys and say, we will not. We will stand up for what God has said. We will not bow down to anything, but we will only worship the living God and him alone. We will follow his direct orders and only him alone. That's what it means to walk supernaturally. Realize that those three young men had no idea what was going to happen. But they were willing to go into the fire. And when they did, God covered them. We know the story. Because they walked supernaturally. Here's what I'm telling you tonight, church. That listen to me carefully. Walking as a believer in Christ does not mean just coming to church. It doesn't mean, amen, just going to Bible studies now and again. But what it means is that you live a lifestyle of faith. That everything you do is of faith. That you know what? Everything that I go after is by faith. Everything that I believe is by faith. Everything that I know God can do is by faith. It's not by my works. It's not by my ability. It's all by faith. My life is just filled with faith. I just believe. That's walking supernaturally. Well, how can you believe when you don't see it? Exactly. Because it's supernatural. Do you realize that salvation is supernatural. Think of this. Salvation, the very thing that we hold so dear, is actually supernatural. Jesus Christ died on the cross, resurrects. That is supernatural. Don't nobody come back. <laughs> Not after three days. That's supernatural. So think of it. The base of everything lives in the supernatural. The whole base of your foundation, the whole base of your belief system, the whole base of your life, the whole base of Christianity resides in living supernaturally. Everything about it is supernatural. Everything. When you read the Bible, it's a supernatural thing happening because the Bible tells us that it's a living, breathing, or it's the living word of God. Supernatural. When you pray, it is supernatural. Because you are going to the Savior and saying, God, I cannot, but you can. Here are the requests. And we're saying, God, you can move. I cannot. Supernatural. So let's make sure that we're walking in that in all areas, not just the one or two. Can you say amen? Not just the areas that seem easier. How many know praying? And then stepping out in faith when everything says this ain't going to work. How I many those two do it? This is why we say, well, let me pray about it. How I many know some things you don't need to pray about? But we're scared to step out. We're like, man, I don't know. If I do that, that little leg's going to hurt. But that's where the cause of live supernaturally is to believe God for the miraculous. Tonight, church, will you live? 
Will you walk in the supernatural? Will you walk there? Will you live there? That everything about your life, everything you do, it's, it's just, I'm believing God. I don't care what the others say. I don't care. Well, that'll never work. Well, that'll never, you'll never get that restored. Well, that'll never happen. I'm believing God. I don't live in the natural. I live in the supernatural. My whole base, the supernatural. I'll leave you with one story and then I, then we can go ahead and shut this thing down. In Portsmouth, we had a building before the building we had now. And to make a long story even longer, <laughs> some things transpired, and we are basically losing the building. Okay, just for, we're, we're losing the building. We just, we just can't afford it, can't keep up with it. We're losing the building. Now, we must understand that if you lose a building, you ain't got nowhere to have no church, <laughs> right? All your stuff is in there. This is where you congregate. This is where, right? So every day I'm walking into a church going, man, what are we going to do all this stuff? I ain't got nowhere to go. We're going to lose this building. And so finally, I talked to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I can't afford it. I don't know what to do. I'm going crazy. And Pastor Mitchell, as only Pastor Mitchell can, goes, just believe God, let it go. <laughs> now, I must admit to you, when I heard that, for about three seconds, I'm like, what? I'm not, let it go. What do we just, I'm not letting it go. Where are we going to go? Right? That's, I'm letting go to go where? Like, no problem. Hey, let it go. Fine. But there's nothing. Three seconds. I said, you know what? No. You know what? I'm going to believe God. Pastor's right. I'm going to believe God. Pastor's right. So I said, Pastor, you're right. Believe God. He said, that's right. Believe God. All right, man. All right. Now, here's the car right back. Whew. Let go? The whole building? What am I going to tell the people? What am I going to tell the people that come to the building? Hey, you know, we got to get out. Like, what? what? How, did, how does that conversation go? Well, we believe but you know what? I got home. I prayed. I said, God, I'm believing. You know what? I live supernaturally. I know what the physical looks like, but this is not where I live. In other words, this is not how I gauge everything. So I told the church, I said, hey, look, church, we're letting the building go. Anybody got any issues, you know where I'm at. Letting the building go. This is what we got to do. But believe God, because in three months, don't worry about it. We're going to have another building. Now, you tell me what made me say that. I had no idea. And I said it. And I meant it. And I believed it. Even if God didn't tell me it. I just believed it. Three months. Three is the number of completion. So we're in the house for three months. Can I tell you that those are some of the best services we ever had? In the house, no music or instruments. Just us clapping. And singing in our bad breath. That was it. And man, the Holy Ghost came down in those services. Walking supernaturally. I said, okay, God, I need a building. So here we are. Three months later, I'm supposed to have revival with Pastor Oli. I ain't got no money. 
can't buy a hotel. I can't buy nothing. Obviously, I'm in a house. I'm not even in a building. So I called him. I said, bro, I can't do the revival. I don't have, I don't, I don't even know where you're going to, I don't know, I'm not sure where you're going to stay. I'm not sure where you're going to preach. I have no idea. I'm a straight up person, man. I'm just going to tell you what it is. Like, this is what it is. He goes, bro, you got to believe God. Oh, there it goes again. Somebody telling me the same thing again. I got to believe God. I said, you know what? We're going to do the, re- I'm, now I'm crazy. We're going to do the revival. That's it. I'm done. Done. Walking supernaturally. Ain't got no money. <laughs> but I'm walking supernaturally. Let me tell you what happened, and I'm going to leave you alone. Let me tell you. And this is not to try to hype you, but this, listen to I'm saying that I've lived this. I'm not just telling you something that I've, you know, I just think. I've done it. So here we are in the house. No money. All of a sudden, we start getting money. People start giving. I'm like, what? I'm thinking my wife is typos. You know, that period is in the wrong spot. They, there's no way that much came in. She's like, no. I said, who is it? Lord. We're able to save up, right? So it's okay. We're in position to get a building. Save the deposit. Save those some, some, uh, some money to reconstruct and all that. Okay, here we go. All right. Can't find a building. Can't find a building. Revival's coming. I'm two weeks out from revival. Excuse me, I take that back. Three weeks out, excuse me. Three weeks out from revival. No building. Revival coming, no building. Revival's coming, no building. I ain't bought a hotel room yet. I ain't got nothing. I'm like, man, I need a building for a while to buy this hotel room. Two weeks. Lord, miracle, please. I say, you know what, God, you're going to move. All of a sudden, I am driving past through my house, and I'm leaving, and I make a right-hand turn, and right there is a church. I've never seen this church before, even though I've lived here for two years. Never noticed it. I said, oh, that's interesting. There's a church right here on the corner, right on the main drag. That's interesting. Wow. Man, that'd be a nice building. And I looked down for rent. Hmm. Ain't that something? Never noticed the building. Looked down for rent. Huh. This is at 10 o'clock at night. I called a guy up the next day. Say, hey, interested in the building? Is it still for rent? Oh, yeah, what are you? I'm a church. He's like, it don't have to be a church. I said, no, I'm a church. It has to be a church. <laughs> he says, come look at it. All right, come look at it. I like it. Can I have it? I'm straight up. Can we get it? He's like, well, I tell you what, we won't do a background check. And I tell you what, you can give me the deposit half and half. And we'll prorate the rent. You can move in. Don't worry about it. My lease is two pages. <laughs> it's like two, it's like three paragraphs. So I said, we got a building. So I give him the money. Boom, building's off. Oh, my God. We go into the building. It's already set up like a church. So all we got to do is paint, move some stuff around. Boom. Two weeks, we're good. Have our first service. Now revival's coming. I still don't have money, though. Because I put everything here. One week before revival, listen to me, miracle money floods in. Able to get the hotel room, able to get the plane ticket for this man to come out to, and listen to me. And then God began to move. We were able to give him a great love offering, had a wonderful time. God moved in the service. And, and listen to me, me and my wife sat back, and I'm like, do you realize that literally three weeks ago, we were just trying to figure out where we're going to get money from? 
We didn't even know where we were going to have services. And, and on top of that, we didn't, I said three months, and it was almost three months to the day. I tell you all that to say there are certain times of life where it doesn't make sense. And God is calling us, say, you know what? It doesn't make sense to walk on water. But this is not about does it make sense or not. This is about God saying, I'm going to show you something. That when you trust me, that there are things that can begin to happen when you walk supernaturally. When you believe me and not what they say and not what he says. When you believe me and not what it looks like. Listen to me, I can move mountains. That's what God showed me. He said, look, you all struggling. Look, in three weeks, I just did it like that. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And God's like, look, watch. Boom, 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 boom. Come on, bro. Stop. That's why you walk supernaturally. Because had I said no to everything, no, I ain't going to do that. No, it don't look right. No, I ain't budget. Who knows what I would have missed out on? Who knows? And not only that, it fortified something within me. That the next challenge I didn't go in with doubt. I went in with faith because I was able to go back to the last challenge and go, look what happened there. If God can do it, then how many know God can do it again? Can you say amen? Amen. And I was able to go into the next scope of life with more faith and, and more vision saying, God, this ain't nothing compared to what you did last time. Walk supernaturally. Believe God like never before. And I guarantee you, watch the miracles that you see. You believe in God. Some of you are believing God for family members, spouses. You believe in God for children. You believe in God for cousins. You believe in God for, listen to me, walk supernaturally. Start fasting. Start praying. Start talking. And watch the things you see begin to happen. And don't let the wet clothes deter you. Just call on Jesus. Lord, save me from this thinking. Can you say amen? Amen. Our heads are bowed. Our heads are bowed. Walking in the supernatural. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.